Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace. Alright, tonight I'm going to teach real quick. And um, I've titled this Ironclad. Ironclad. There's going to be joy in this house. By the time this teaching is done, there's going to be so much joy. And heaviness is going to be replaced with a garment of joy. While I was praying for this meeting, that's what the Lord told me. That heaviness is going to be taken away. And God is going to replace that with a garment of joy. And you know joy is practiced. You can practice joy. Praise the Lord. You can practice excitement. You can practice joy. Joy does not come after the harvest. The, the harvest comes after you have expressed yourself in joy. Amen. So we're going to be exercising joy tonight. And trust me, it's not going to be an act. It's going to be something that will flow out of your spirit. Hallelujah. So tonight, Ironclad, um, I'm going to show a video. And then I will teach um, briefly. All right. The marshmallow test is a really great way to show how children delay gratification. We tried it out with the four children we've been following since September 2010. Alfie, Millie, Mackay, and Pratmesh. Here's how it works. We had each child on their own sit at the table at a desk with uh, a plate and one marshmallow. They could either choose to eat the marshmallow, the one marshmallow, right then and there, or they could wait until I came back into the room and have two marshmallows. I left them alone in the room for 15 minutes. Take a look. The marshmallow test has been used for decades by psychologists. It's been used with children to predict later academic success, including literacy, SAT scores, and other academic outcomes. There's no definitive answers from the marshmallow test. It's not a matter of passing or failing. What we're looking for is whether children can really resist this piece of white candy sitting in front of them that's sweet, that, you know, the smell of it, the allure of the marshmallow. In Pratmesh's case, we really saw this added curiosity because he had never actually tasted a marshmallow before. All of the children managed to show some level of self-control and resist the temptation to eat the whole marshmallow. As you can see from the footage, you can catch a glimpse into children's ability to control their impulses. This ability, which is developed around the time of kindergarten, can be linked to other outcomes later in life. At the end, the marshmallows were in kind of different states. Some had been squished, ripped apart, nibbled around. There was this temptation and there was this impulse to kind of try it out. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, so tonight I want us to turn our Bibles to 2 Corinthians 1 from verse 18 to 22. And we will just read together in concert 2 Corinthians 1, 18 to 22. All right, let's read together. One to go. But as surely as God is faithful, 
our message to you is not yes and no. Continue. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached amongst you by me, and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him it has always been yes. Continue. For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Let's read this again. Want to go? For all the promises of God. Twenty-one. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. Twenty-two. Who has sealed us and given us those. Hallelujah. Can we shout the word sealed us? Hallelujah. Now let's declare together all of God's promises to me are yes. Hallelujah. Now that statement that we just made is so profound, it's so powerful that all God's promises, not some, not a few, not most, but all um, are yes in him and amen in him. All right. I played this video because they did this marshmallow test and what they were trying to find out was how many kids could stay, um, wait the while, um, delay gratification. And they use that to determine how many of them would go on in life to be successful and all of that. But there's a new clause that just came out recently where they put five different kids in two different rooms. And the two different rooms, they had an adult promise the two kids that if they waited the while, all right, after a few minutes, they would get two. In the first room, the promise was made by someone known to always keep his word. In the other room, the promise was made by someone known to always not keep his word. The five kids in the other room ate all their own before the time was out. But the five kids in this other room waited. Why? Because they trusted the person that made the promise. I want to say to us, TSP, that when life gets tough, the only thing that keeps you going is trust. Can you trust the person who spoke to you? So I'm going to be speaking basically on that tonight. All right? For many people, life would get tough. But what keeps us going when life gets tough is that we trust the one who has promised. Let's say it again. All of God's promises to me are yes. In Christ. And all of God's promises to me are amen. In Christ. Now, can you imagine yourself saying yes to every request that people make of you? Can you imagine that you're able to say yes to every request? You may not be able to do that because of two things. One is that you don't have the resources to do that. You don't have the capacity to do that. You're limited in resources. All right. The second thing is that you have a threshold called waste. 
so that the moment if you give someone a drink and they drink it and spit it out and they request for another one you're going to say no why because they just wasted the one that you gave them so there are two thresholds or two limitations that you have the first one is that you don't have the capacity the resources to say yes all the time the second one is that you have a threshold common sense tells you to do away with wastefulness all right so we have common sense living which tells you if somebody is wasteful do away with that wasteful person or do not have anything to do with a wasteful person so for these two reasons right you can't say yes to every request the problem is when you bring your human limitations into your relationship with God that's where the problem is because you can say no because of certain factors so you relate with God from that standpoint that he says no sometimes Romans 1:23 tells us what this is let's look at that Romans 1:23 tells us what this is is a concept called anthropomorphism it is that and they changed the glory of the incorruptible God to an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things all right so we all know that God created us in his image and after his likeness but what we sometimes don't know is that the same way God has the ability to create things in his image and in his likeness we also have the ability to create things in our own, our own image all right to have a reflection of what we are going through of who we are so a lot of times we bring that limitation that we have into our relationship with God so we have the excuse that sometimes God might say maybe sometimes God might say wait a minute sometimes no 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 all right so scripture says God's word confirms to us that all of God's promise to you is a yes so the issue right now that I would want to know is what are you requesting for is it the promise because if what you're requesting for has been promised God's answer is not maybe is yes are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, so what I'm saying is that you shouldn't bring your experience, all right, into, um, don't allow God's word to mirror your experience. I don't know how to put it. Let your experience take on the glory of God. Hallelujah. All right? So don't reduce the glory of God. Give me Romans 1.23. Don't reduce the glory of God. Don't explain it away until it doesn't make sense anymore. Don't say the reason why I'm not making this progress is because of this. No, no, no. Don't take God's glory and reduce it to what you can understand. Always continue to rise to what God's word says about you. It's you that needs to be transformed, not the word. Oh boy. Oh boy. It's you that needs transformation, not God's word. In fact, Romans 12 and verse 2 say, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Many of us think that transformation is gaining new information. No. If, if gaining new information is transformation, then the Harvard graduate is transformed. So gaining new information is not equal to transformation. Transformation is the degree to which your mind is mirroring Christ. Alright, the degree to which your mind is mirroring the realities of the finished work of Christ.
That's how you're being transformed. Until you get to the point where you are accepting what the word says about you, irrespective of how you feel. So you're not taking God's glory and reducing it to something that you understand. You're constantly rising up. Let God be true. Let every man be a lie. Alright, let my circumstance be a lie. Let God's word be true. So here's what happens to many people. Is that they judge, they allow their circumstance or they use their circumstance in measuring God's love. Many people use their environment to determine God's ability. What's going on in your environment is not a true picture of God's ability. If you want to see God's ability, look at the cross. Praise God. Do not look at your environment to know whether God loves you or not. Look to the cross. It is the finished work of Christ that tells you that God is crazily in love with you. Not your circumstance. Can I hear a witness in this house? Hallelujah. So I am not taking my experience and, and I'm not using my experience as a measure. I'm constantly rising above my experience um, accepting that whatever god has said to me is true now some people would paint or they would put the picture james 4 verse 1 to 3 to us as the scripture that validates that god sometimes says maybe church i want to tell you categorically that god never says maybe to you he does not ever say wait to you as large as as far as your eyes can see if you can handle fifty thousand clients right now he'll give it to you if you think that you can handle it you would get it so let's look at this scripture and let's let, let's go back to verse one let's go back to verse one where do wars and fights come from amongst you do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members verse two you lost and do not have you murder and covet and cannot obtain you war you fight and war yet you do not have because you do not ask verse 3 you do not ask you ask and you do not receive because what you ask what amiss that you may spend it on your own lust on your own pleasures you see this is how we have been kept in bondage for a long time you ask you ask amiss so the christian is is wondering am i asking for what is in god's will all right what i'm asking for right now is it god's will for us and then you meet some religious people who tell you you know what if if you don't get it it means god is probably teaching you to say maybe maybe wait for it maybe it's not good for you yet all right but let's look at this scripture closely i want you to give me the the no give me verse three and give me the king james so that i can show you um what he says all right so that you may consume it upon your lusts so before we understand this text we need to understand what lust is lust is desiring something that belongs to someone else lust is you putting your eyes on something that has been given to someone else so you can define lust to be me desiring pastor ideal's wife that's lost actually that word lost actually means that you are desiring something from outside your kingdom from outside your kingdom from outside your terrain from outside your domain what it means sir is that i am not in lost if i am desiring something that has been promised so 
how do I know now what has been promised? I look at what Jesus did and I know that if Jesus did that and included that in the will, and I'll, I'll, I'll go to that, I'll go to that. So if Jesus did that and included it in the will, I am not in loss to be desiring it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because to loss is to desire something that belongs to someone else. But this one has been promised me. So I can handle it right now. He gives it to me. If I can handle it next week, it's all about how much my mind is being transformed to mirror what Christ has done. Has nothing to do with your age. Has nothing to do with your schooling. Has nothing to do with where you went to school, your degree. Has nothing to do with that. Has everything to do with has it been promised. If it's been promised, then I can believe for it. Oh boy, I said if it's been promised, then I can believe for it. So scripture does not say all of God's promises are maybe until you grow up. Scripture says all of God's promises are yes. Whenever you open your eyes to see it, yes. It's tomorrow, yes. Today, yes. Right now, yes. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So don't allow this picture deceive you. You are not asking a means when you are asking for something in the wheel. Oh boy. I said you are not asking a means when you are asking for something that is in the wheel. Alright? You are only asking a means when you are looking at somebody else's property. And guess what? Looking away from your promise. I'm saying this to many of us that have models. Alright? Put your eyes on your model. Alright? But make sure your eyes is on the promise. Because your model may not be hitting what has been promised you. Your model might be doing five. In the promise you can do fifteen. I look up to you sir and I learn from you. I respect you. But sir when it comes to how far I can go. What I look at is not you sir. What I look at is the promise that has been given to me. Because you might be having 50 right. But the promise has been given to me for a hundred. I'm not going to allow you become my ceiling. The promise is what determines how far I can go. Somebody shout the promise is what determines how far I can go. For all the promises of God in Christ are yes. yes. Hey. Somebody shout yes. yes. It is always yes. I wish that we would constantly engage every situation from this perspective. Look, you see, sometimes we have the, the mindset of, you know, is God really hearing me? Okay, I believe he's hearing me because there's been, I've listened to many messages this week and my faith is up. So I know God is hearing me. Oh, I've not, you know, lied or chewed or run around with them that do. So I believe he's hearing me. No. He's always hearing you. And his answer to you when you are speaking about the promise or demanding or placing um, a demand on the promise that he made to you. His answer is never wait for a few days his answer is always yes i want to dwell on this because this is how we find joy listen the bible says um that through the foolishness of preaching the people are brought into their salvation so you wonder why many people do not express joy till they come to service on wednesday or on sunday if i know that by the foolishness of preaching my salvation has been delivered to me every day is a day of joy 
Alright? So that I am not expressing joy only when something good happens. I'm expressing joy at all times. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So this truth, and this is how it happens. I allow what has been promised me, even though I'm not seeing any manifestation physically, I allow what has been promised to create joy in my spirit. Because that joy controls my atmosphere. Determines what comes around me. Determines the Bible says that the pomegranate tree is is is, is withered, the orange tree, the this tree, because joy has departed from the hearts of the sons of men. Put joy back in the heart of the sons of men, and the things around you begins to leave. Oh boy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now you won't wait for things to happen. You would take God's word surface level and begin to rejoice over it begin to rejoice over it. see it is called delighting yourself in the lord allowing allowing what you see to pleasure you as you delight yourself your job is to delight yourself leave the results just begin to oh the lord is my shepherd yeah 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 yeah, yeah. all right my sins are forgiven hey you, are you hearing what i'm saying as you make up your mind to delight in the lord Leave the other part. He does it. Yes. Can you say amen? amen? Oh, pray in the Holy Ghost for a few minutes. Pray in the Holy Ghost. The power of God is here. The power of God is here. The power of God is here. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, church, we have natural human limitations. Number one, human limitation. The reason why you cannot say yes to every demand is that common sense is your boundary, number one. Two is that you have limited resources. Number two, three, like I said, is that you have a threshold called waste. But I came here tonight to inform you that your God does not have a threshold called waste. A guy took the father's resources and went afar off and wasted it. When he came back, the father said, go and kill the fatted calf, literally, and let's waste it on the wasteful son that just came back. I get what I'm saying. In our kingdom, in our kingdom, we don't understand waste. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Okay, so Jesus was sitting down in, in, in a gathering, and a woman came with alabaster box of whatever that perfumed. The Bible says it cost her a year's wages. Now you would not understand that until you bring that picture and put it in today's context. So a year's wages for an average individual. We'll probably go up to a millionaire. If you work in oil companies, we'll probably go up to eight millionaire. Alright? So don't look at it from the denarii, whatever they call it. Look at it from today's um so the average person in this room probably earns a million annually. Maybe of course a lot of people more. But let's just say average one million. So what this woman did was that she used one M. To buy a perfume and came and poured it on Jesus. The disciples around him started shouting, waste, waste, waste. Why? Because they were still limited by their environment. 
But Jesus sat down there with the mindset of, you don't know where I come from. If you know where I come from, you will know that this is a fr- small fry compared to what we, what we count. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, as the, the people were moved, but Jesus wasn't moved. Because where, where he comes from, that threshold called waste <laughs> does not exist. Oh boy, does not exist. So it is based on this that you say that all of God's promises to you are maybe. But when you look at it from his side, you will know my God supplies all my needs. Not according to what is in your account, but according to what is his, his riches in glory. So, based on these realities, church, God never says to you, wait. So long as what you are asking for is in the promise. TSP, God is not saying wait till you enter 500. It's in the promise. (laughs) The multitude came to him, Jesus. So everywhere we go with this gospel, the multitude follows us. So this, this, this city is too small for Abuja, for TSP. This city is too small. Alright, and it's in the promise. And if it is in the promise, you can receive it right now. I'm beginning to talk about it right now. I'm beginning to declare it right now. Shout is in the promise for me. See, I feel the anointing of God's spirit here heavy. And something is breaking out in this place. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, there's another place in scripture that clearly paints this. 2 Corinthians 10. Let's read from verse 12. glory to God you see this concept called lost hmm? desiring something that belongs to another person right is what Paul calls here not staying within your measure I'll, I'll read it to us for we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with these with those who commend themselves but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves amongst themselves are not wise continue we however will not boast beyond measure but within the limits of the sphere which god has appointed for us a sphere which especially includes you (laughs) continue for we are not overextending ourselves as though our authority did not extend to you for it was to you that we came with the gospel of Christ continue not boasting of things beyond measure that is in another in other men's what labors but having hope that as your faith is increased we shall be greatly enlarged by you in our sphere you see there's something about there's, there's a confidence that comes when you know you're operating within the promise of God for you let, let, let's go on to preach the gospel in, in the regions beyond you and not to boast in another man's sphere of what? of accomplishment are you seeing what Paul is repeating? he's saying it again and again and again now the measure that has been carved out for you is the promise oh boy you didn't hear that the measure that God has set out for you is the promise what has been measured for you is the promise I'll show you what that promise is continue but 
He who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Continue. For not he who commends himself is approved, but whom the Lord what commends. Is there is there another verse? That's all. Huh? So what he's talking about now is if you're going to boast, if you're going to glory, glory about the promise. Glory about what has been given to you. Glory about the measure that has been carved out for you. Don't talk about another man's accomplishment, alright? And don't compare yourself with another. The Bible says comparing themselves with themselves, they are not wise. I look at you to know how far you have gone. And then that's where backbiting, you know, what's she feeling like? Was he no 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 no? My eyes is not this way and that way. My eyes is yeah. My eyes is on what has been promised. It's a measure that has been carved out for me. And that measure includes me. Because on the cross, Jesus did not just die for Bola or for Bode or for Bose. He died for me too. So let's show us what this, what has been promised. You know, the, 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 all of God's promise are yes. Blah, blah, blah. The Bible talks about we have been sealed. Hey, let's show this here. Revelations 5, 9 to 12. In a few moments, joy is going to hit this place. I said in a few moments, joy is going to hit this place. Bodies will be healed. Minds will be transformed. Look at what he's saying. He says, and they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open the seals. For you were slain and have redeemed us. To God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Continue. And have made us kings and priests to our God. And we shall reign on the earth. Continue. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne. The living creatures and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Continue. 12. Sorry. Okay. Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive. To receive what? Church, let's shout it out together. To receive what? And what? And what? And what? And what? And what? And blessings. Continue. 13. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them. I heard saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Continue. Then the four living creatures said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshipped him who lives forever and ever. Continue. Go back. Then the four living creatures. Okay, go back. Back. Something talks about the seal here. There's, there's some place where it talks about the seal. Back. Back. The first verse. Okay. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll 
and to open its seals. Now you know that we are in Christ, right? We are in Christ. Sealed with the Holy Ghost. In Christ, you have true Christ or giving to Christ blessings, honor. Go back to that verse. 12. Right. And to receive what? Power. Power. All to the Lamb, right? Who is the Lamb? Jesus. All right. So, what is Lamb who was slain to receive what? Power. And what? Riches. And what? Wisdom. And strength. And honor. And glory. And blessings. He received all. And we are in Him. We received it too. And sealed. So, inside the seal is power. Power, the dynamic ability to cause changes, meaning if I'm going through a circumstance, I can change it because power has been given to me. Now, the one that, that irritates religious people is riches. Riches, wealth has been willed to you. It's in the promise as well. So, sir, don't let anybody talk you out of that wealth. Don't let anybody talk you out of power. Don't let anybody, you see, wisdom has been willed to you as well. So meaning in every circumstance, in every situation, I know what to do. I am not stranded. Now that's how the victor talks. You talk that promise, you walk that promise, you live in the consciousness of that promise. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You say that God has given to me because he has given to Christ and I am in Christ. So therefore Christ has been made unto me power. He's been made unto me riches. He's been made unto me wisdom, strength, honor, glory and blessings. And blessings. So now when I'm, when I'm trusting or I'm putting my eyes on these things, you must understand that it is not lost. It is the promise. No, it's not lost though. It's not you looking at somebody else's stuff. No, it is the promise for you. How far can my business go? Look at the promise. How far can I do? How well can I do in my career? Look at the promise. How far can I go? How, how global can my brand go? Look at the promise. All right? Now, a lot of times you're wondering, how is this thing going to be? The power of the Holy Ghost will come upon you. The glory of the Most High will overshadow you. That's how it's going to be. It is not by power. It is not by might. Power is individual ability. Might is collective ability. It won't happen by power. It won't happen by might. It will happen by my spirit, says the Lord. Your job is to see that it's been willed to you by promise. His job is to make it happen. Somebody say it's in the promise. Everything God has said to me is yes. Now you see, listen to me. Many times, many times, a lot of people are looking for new Rema. And the truth about the matter is that you need to get high on the old one. I hear him saying, let this one make you drunk. All right? New ones are coming. God is not bereft. Of, of, of freshness. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Well, you see, the ones you've heard before, let it begin to produce juice. 
produce results. Get excited on it. Get excited. Like for example, if you wake up in the morning, you're looking for inspiration. Just think about the fact that my sins are forgiven. And start jumping about. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And start rejoicing on those truths. Let me show you one more thing. Or two. Deuteronomy 30 and verse 9. Then I'll just do Acts 9 and I'll be done. Deuteronomy 30 and verse 9. If you give me the message translation, I'll be very excited. The message translation. Let's read it together, church. God, your God, your, your God. No, wait, wait, wait. Do you, sir, do you know God is on my side? <laughs> He's on your side. Do you know God is on TSP side? <laughs> so let's read it like that. God, <laughs> TSP is God. Your God. Look at what he would do. Will outdo himself. He will outdo himself in making things go well for you. Let's read it again. God, your God will outdo himself in making things go well for you pause so sir god is not the problem no he's the one outdoing himself no 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 let that thing let it rub listen listen you you cast your mind on it like that god will outdo himself to make sure things go well for me? Hey! He says, you will have babies, get cows. Of course, as you're seeing those ones, just be putting the one that you understand. <laughs> just be putting the one you understand. Cows! He says, you will grow crops. So, that means business will grow uh-huh. and enjoy that's what i'm talking about and enjoy an all-round good life now let me ask you who told you it was impossible you know the world will tell you you can have it good in your family and not having good on your job you can have it on your job and don't expect to have it all around but jesus promised me all-round good life so <laughs> it behoves you as a wise person to begin to rejoice on these truths who promised me an all-round good life who promised you an all-round good life so somebody will ask you um who are you to 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 expect that everything will go well on all fronts all you see the world sir the world's success is never complete it's never holistic something is always missing but when god gives you success all around somebody shout all around tsb i came with a word for you tonight all around good life all around good life all around good life whatever that means to you that's what you're going to get if it means completeness in your health listen let me tell you what scripture calls it scripture calls it nothing missing nothing broken nothing lacking it's shalom it is the kind of peace where nothing is missing 
Nothing is broken. Nothing is lacking. And I've been following you all for a while. God crowns your year with his goodness. Nothing missing in this season. Nothing broken in this season. Nothing lacking in this season. What it means is that your health is not going to lack. Neither will you lack in your money. Neither will you lack on your job. All round good life. Can you shout all round good life? All round. All round. All round. I think I should stop there. But let me tell us something. In the book of Acts chapter number 9. If you can help me with that, I'll close on this one. Acts 9. You see the story of a man, and this is, this is going to bless someone here. You see the story of a man, let's, let's read this together. And at this time, Saul was breathing down the necks of the master's disciples out for the kill. He went to the chief priest. No, you, you can give me um, the, the, the NKJV, that's fine. And ask letters from him before I destroy <laughs> Rema. <laughs> you can go to verse 2. <laughs> and ask letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. This is going to be quite a long read, so just bear with me. Okay? As he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Continue. And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the gods. So he, trembling, and astonished said Lord what do you want me to do then the Lord said to him arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do and the men who journeyed with him stood speechless hearing a voice but seeing no one then Saul arose from the ground and when his eyes were open he saw no one but they led him by hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight and drank neither, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a certain disciple, somebody say Ananias. Ananias. There was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Arise, go to the street called Straight, and inquire of the house of Judas, one, for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming, to put, coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Continue. Then Ananias answered the Lord, I have heard from many about this man how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem and here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name but the Lord said to him go 
For he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles. Somebody say Gentiles. Gentiles. Somebody say kings. kings. Somebody say the children of Israel. Israel. Alright. For I will show him many things he must suffer for my sake. 17. Just go on till I tell you to stop. And Ananias went his way and entered the house. And laying hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord who appeared to you on the road, um, on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight, follow me, and what? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Continue. Immediately, there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once and arose and was baptized. This is where I'm going. The next one. So when he received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. Verse 20. Immediately. Somebody say immediately. He preached Christ. Immediately. Let's put everything together. Paul means little. His eyes was open for the first time and he saw Ananias. Ananias means God is gracious to me. And then he got full of the Holy Ghost. And that's all he needed to stand before Gentiles. Listen. Before kings. See, eh? There's the protocol of the palace. So even if it's gospel you're going to preach in the palace, you are standing before the king. Is an exalted position. It means you've gone far. Yes. Uh-huh. I get what I'm saying. And then he was preaching to who? To the, to, the, to the Jews. What it simply meant is that this guy has gone global. Yes. Put it in today's context. He has gone global. But it was a little guy seeing the grace of God. The first time his eyes opened, what he saw was God is gracious to me. And he got full of the Holy Ghost. It was all he needed. You see, every other wisdom that he needed met him along the way. Every other assistance he needed met him along. So there are people sitting here, oh, I'm so little, I'm so little. Okay, you are a little guy. You, you occupy a small space, all right? Your eyes should be open constantly to see that God is gracious to me. And you take that and put the Holy Ghost, that word that you have received, and begin to chant it. God is good to me. God is good to me. God is gracious to me. And you start talking it. You start saying it. That's how you move from little to significance. You're managing three. You're managing five. But as you know that God is gracious to you, you have the revelation of God's graciousness. You move from five to a thousand. From a thousand to five thousand. From five thousand to 10,000. Who am I preaching to in this house? Say the Lord is gracious to me. The Bible says immediately. You see, if he were to be around religious people, they'll say go to Bible school for three years. What qualifies you to spread the good news is what you have seen. What you have, your eyes has been opened to see is enough qualification full of the holy ghost listen don't let anybody talk you out of that business don't let anybody say you are too small to be operating on these waters no 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 i have the revelation of god's graciousness to me and i am full of the holy ghost therefore i am qualified to go far 
I'm talking to businesses that are growing far. I'm talking to industries that are coming out of this place. I said, the Lord is gracious to me. I am full of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, I am qualified to go far in life. My business is qualified to go far. Lift up your hands everywhere in this place. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Little you. Small you. But with a big revelation. That God is gracious to you. Begin to pray in the Holy Ghost and declare these realities right now. I may be small. (laughs) I may look small. But I have a big revelation on the inside. That God is gracious to me. (laughs) Therefore things are lining up in my way. Therefore God is causing things to fall in my path on purpose. Lift up those hands in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, I give you thanks. Father, we give you thanks. We speak strength to your people. In the name of Jesus. We speak strength to your people. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I want you to shout with me, God is gracious to me. Just shout it two more times. God is gracious to me. God is gracious to me. I want you to declare, I am full of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, I move from little to significance. My ideas have gone global. Now, let me tell you why I call this ironclad. Because an ironclad is something that cannot be broken. So you have an ironclad promise from God that cannot be broken. That you can run on for the rest of your life. That every time you speak a word in God's hearing, so long as you're demanding the promise, God says yes to you. God says yes to you. TSB, God bless you. Thank you for receiving our ministry. I love you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. And for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.